Well, good morning. It's uh, different to not see your beautiful faces, but the presence of God is here. It's unusual, isn't it? Empty place, but full of God's presence. We have uh, about 10 people that are here, but anybody else sensing that? Just a heaviness of the Lord's presence and goodness in the room. It's really good. I want to start by saying thank you to these three who have spent a lot of time preparing for this. So thank you, Brad, Colt, and Claire. If you could have seen earlier, there was a lot of coffee up here. And someone shouted that it was Brad's coffee. So Brad is fueled by coffee right now. And we're glad that he is fueled. And we're glad that he and Jack are back from Hawaii. So our Lords, we are a community of worship and formation on mission with Jesus, living in semi-quarantine. Not sure that that will stick with our mission statement, but we're all in this together. Amanda was saying last night as we were talking, this is worldwide, and we can't remember really being able to say that, that our church, our city, our state, our country, and one billion people around the world are experiencing what we're experiencing now. So it's a time for us to come together and to worship and to look at scripture. We're going to look at Psalm 46. If you want to grab your Bible, I think we'll have the slides there for you to look at. But Psalm 46, no refuge like our God. Before we look at this and meditate on it together, I just want to say, how's everybody doing? As Mike Milner asks, how is everyone? You doing all right? You staying sane? Staying safe. We've been hearing some funny stories. Uh, Esther Kerr shared a story about her disdain for what she calls apocalyptic food versus good food. And she was up here talking about all the canned tuna that she bought and how she stuffed it away and then went and bought steak. I thought that was funny. We got to have a little bit of levity, do we not? Esther, do we not? Also heard about Joanna Wilcox's trip to Target. And it was hilarious. I think, is it on Instagram? You got to read some of these stories. I'm waiting for her, the next iteration of it is she's wearing her hazmat suit at Target. So it's fun to hear stories. There are also stories developing of people helping others. As Mike was talking about, this is an opportunity for us to turn outward. And there's a way to do that. Pick up the phone. If nothing else, you can call people in your group. Our community groups, our various groups, get on the phone and call people. That's kind of old school. Some people you can't visit. So we've got people that are volunteering to pick up uh, food items for seniors. And they can deliver those things and drop them off for the seniors. So get creative here. Let's turn outward and let's not freak out, but let's turn outward and ask the Lord how we might help other people. So this is our aim today. As Brad said, we want to encourage people how to lean into God's presence together online. And so really what we want to do as much as anything, this isn't a performance. As we always say on Sunday morning, this is not a performance. It's really a model. And so what we hope to do this morning is to provide a doable, sustainable model for the coming weeks so that you can do these things. When this isn't, when we're not tuned in like this, you can actually Put on some worship, or if someone's 
musical in your, your family. You can sing some worship songs. You can open the scriptures, read them together like we're going to do here in a minute. You can pray. So why don't we do this? Let's look at uh, Psalm 46. And I've been feasting on Psalm 46 this week. And I've been using an old commentary by a guy named Derek Kidner, and a British Old Testament scholar that has gone to be with the Lord, but he poured over this psalm and wrote some beautiful things about it, and I'm, uh, he's helped me savor and appreciate some of the nuances of this passage. What I'd like for us to do, this is, uh, this is new territory, so rather than a typical sermon or homily, I actually want us to walk through a meditation together, again, so that you can do this during the week. So what I thought I would do is I'll read the psalm, and then we'll take it in pieces here, and we'll meditate together. So I'm going to give you opportunity at home to read, to ponder, to pray. We'll have some pauses. We'll have some silence. I'll make some comments, and then at the end, we'll take communion together. All right, so Psalm 46, 1 through 11. This is the word of God. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. God utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us, our lords. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So I want us to notice three things in this passage. First of all, it's about God. And if you look back on difficult times, usually what gets you through is you catch a glimpse of God. That's what gets you through. It's usually a glimpse of God. Ah, that is who you are. Remind me of who you are. You are exalted. You are faithful. You are good. You are sovereign. You are powerful. That's what gets us through. And then one another depending on one another. So this morning, what I want us to do is catch a glimpse of God. And the first thing that's found in verses one through three is God is God over all turmoil. He is the peaceful Lord. And let's, let's look at this for a minute, and I'll give you some time together in your place, wherever you are, probably in your house, and we'll meditate on this and pause for a minute. But look at verse one here. God is our refuge and strength. And I mentioned Derek Kidner. He commented on this and he said the refuge, it's like climbing into a shelter. And he said, this is the defensive aspect of what God provides for us. 
It's external. And then God is our strength. This is the dynamic aspect of God's saving power internally. So God, in this moment, is our refuge and our strength. He's all we need. He provides us the refuge, the shelter that we can climb into. It's interesting. Look at this verse. Sometimes I wish it didn't say this, but he is our very present help in trouble. I almost wish it said he's our very present help. And he takes us out of trouble. But that's not the case. The scripture teaches that he is our help in trouble. The Lord is with us, Emmanuel. And he's found when we call. Brad quoted Matthew 28 earlier. The Lord will never leave us or forsake us. He is always with us. An early church father, listen to what he said. John Chrysostom is his name. Fourth century church father said this, God does not prevent troubles from coming, but God is at hand when they come. Always providing more than what's needed during the trouble and testing. God does not prevent troubles from coming, but he is at hand. So let's take a moment here Let's think about that. Let's ponder in the Lord's presence together. And I encourage you, again, wherever you are, speak this out. Hold it in your heart. Say it out loud. Lord, you're a refuge and strength. Father, you are our refuge and strength. We hide in you. You are our very present help in trouble. Pray that. You are our help. Help us, Lord. We give you our anxiety, our worry, our fear, the unknown, and we say you are present to help us right now. passage goes on to say, we will not fear. We know from other places in the New Testament that the perfect love of God drives out fear. So what we're asking in a moment like this is, Lord, let your perfect love invade our hearts. Drive the fear from us through your love, Father. We call to you, Abba. Abba, Father, drive the fear, the anxiety, the worry from our hearts. And we say that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Romans 8. We are more than conquerors through the love of God. The text goes on to say at verse 3, Though the earth, mountains, and sea are shaken, they're disturbed. We can trust you. In the ancient world, it's, it's interesting, these words were actually attached to the nations. So the waters the seas represented symbolically the nations. And so whatever the circumstance was that Psalm 46 was written for and in, it was tumultuous. 
the nations were in an uproar. They were in an upheaval. And so the psalmist is saying, lift your eyes above all of this and see the God who rules over all turmoil. Another quote here from Chrysostom, John Chrysostom, he says this, man, this is beautiful. I love hearing these things from people that just devoted their lives to meditating on scripture and listen to what he says. Everything God shakes, he rocks. He moves when he wishes. So easy and trouble-free is everything for him. So great is God's power that he simply nods and things happen. Let's take a moment for that before we look at the next section here. Father, we just acknowledge you are trouble-free. You nod and things happen. So we ask right now, as Mike prayed, that you would reach out your hand and stem the tide of this virus. Stop it. Give the word. Let it be something that only you can do. We're grateful for doctors, but Lord, we ask for you to speak the word and to halt this. Write a story. How are we doing at home? Doing all right? Let's look at the next section here, verses four through seven. Not only is God the Lord over all turmoil, but God is the Lord over his city and over all the cities of the Lord of the earth. Verse four says that there is a river of God that flows through the heart of his city. And this psalm is speaking about Jerusalem, Zion, God's city. But we know that that physical place actually comes to symbolize God's people throughout the earth. It's a heavenly and an earthly city, and the Spirit of God courses right through it. The psalmist is saying the same thing that Ezekiel says in Ezekiel 47. There is a river of God, the glory, the presence, the Spirit of God that's rising in the city of God throughout the earth. Jesus, knowing these two texts here, Ezekiel 47 and Psalm 46 and John 4, he talks about the river of living waters that pours out of his people. Those who drink of him, who trust in him and believe in him, rivers of living water pour out of us. Even at this moment, with everything that's going on, it's not rivers of anxiety washing over us, but it's the river of God's presence, the river of God's spirit flowing into us and flowing from us. Friends, we're unstoppable. We are unstoppable because of the spirit of God. Another early church father said that the river of God signifies the presence, power, and gifts of the Holy Spirit active in the church until Christ returns. God is in the midst of the city. Look at verse five. God will help it and the city will not be moved. It may have even been at this moment that Jerusalem was being ransacked, that it was being attacked. And so the worshipers in the temple were lifting their eyes up and saying, Lord, 
your presence is among us. You are Lord over this city, and we can trust in you. Let's take this for a moment here, and maybe why don't you look at the text yourself at home and find something that stands out there and pray that together. I'm going to pray something in a moment, but I'm going to leave a little space of quiet and silence and let you together find a couple of phrases there, a couple of arrow prayers to pray together. So let's just take a moment, and then I'll come back, and we'll look at the third section together. we say that your river fills us and flows through us and brings peace and life. The river of God, the presence of God. One other little thing here. I such a rich psalm, but if you look at verse 5, God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. That phrase, when the morning dawns, would have immediately, for ancient Israelites, they would have thought of the Exodus event. When the morning dawned, as they were leaving Egypt, God parted the sea, and they walked through it when the morning dawned. And so this was a poetic way of saying God is with you and God can deliver you no matter the situation, the circumstance. Look at the third section here. Before I do that, I'm just going to acknowledge. Hi, Jake. Love you, dude. Why don't you look at each other, who, whoever you're with, or maybe you can even wave at us. Just tell someone, hey, I, I'm glad to be here with you. Just take a moment, again, to be present over the next several weeks. And if you happen to be solo, say, Lord, I'm just glad to be in your presence. I'm glad that I can look to you, Lord of hosts. The third section here, God is the Lord over all the nations. And verses 8 through 11 are making this abundantly clear that he towers above all chaos, towers above all the nations. And two actions are called for here. And we want to do these together. 
If you look at verse 8, the first action that the psalmist is saying is, Come, behold the works of the Lord. That is, come and consider what God is doing. What looks like a dire situation, a rough circumstance. Sit back, lift your eyes, and contemplate what God is up to. And what God is up to is changing war into peace. And so let's do that for a moment here. Let's do what the psalmist says. And let's sit back and say, Lord, we behold, we contemplate who you are and what you're doing right now. We say that you're glorious, that you can change any situation into peace. We behold your works, O Lord. And the text says, this, there was obviously some kind of war element here. He's destroying the weapons that destroy. So, Lord, we say that no weapon that is formed against us will prosper. No weapon that is formed against your church will prosper. You will bring peace. You will transform even the attacks of the enemy, and we trust you. Secondly, look here, along with beholding the works of the Lord at verse 10, the psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. That is, be silent. Quiet yourself. The prophet Habakkuk says, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. So again, let's just take a moment to do that. Do that together, wherever you are. Lord, we are still, and we say that you are God. There at verse 10, it's intentional. Be still and know that I am. So it's meant to remind us of the great I am that Moses encountered in Exodus 3. I am that I am. It's the I am that you read about in Isaiah 6. The enthroned Lord over the universe. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. His earth that he's created is full of his glory. He is the great I am. The Lord Jesus in John 8 says, I am. And in this verse, we get to see God's agenda among the nations. What is it? What does it say? I am, some texts say, I will be. I am and I will be exalted among the nations. I am and I will be exalted in the earth. This is what's on God's mind right now. The care of his people and the exaltation of his name. So in a moment like this, I'm being signaled. <laughs> 
not working. It just cut. Just now? Okay, great. We'll come back. We're about to finish. How's everybody doing? All right. We all right? 1137, group meditation. Just uh, give me a little heads up when it comes back. Really? Oh. Oh, man. Is there any way to send out a quick blast to people via text? Are we good? We're... So I got about three seconds. Okay. That's helpful. We are back on. Is that right? That was not a commercial break, friends. That was a technical difficulty. But... God is still great. God is exalted among the nations. We were looking at verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I am or I will be exalted among the nations. And I am exalted and will be exalted in the earth. And we were talking about this is God's agenda. During this virus, what is God's agenda? To care for us, to care for his people, to care for those in need, and to exalt his name. So just think if we take that mindset right now. Lord, how might you exalt your name in this situation? How are you going to be exalted? You're not wringing your hands. You're not anxious. But your agenda, what burns in your heart, is to see your name, the great I am, lifted up. Before we transition here to communion, I want to read a a quote by another person that has poured over this passage. She's an Old Testament scholar, and her name is Nancy Clessay Walford, and she says this. You can tell that this has gotten into her spiritual bloodstream. She says, in the midst of our tumultuous, chaotic, modern world, Psalm 46 reminds us that God can calm the raging seas and the trembling mountains and turn them to rivers of life and calm dwelling places. All that is required of us is that we stand still and acknowledge the God who is with us. So let's end with this verse down at Verse 11, and again, pray this together. You can pray it out loud. We'll do these two lines here as arrow prayers. And let's just say, Lord of hosts, you are with us. The Lord of hosts is with us. the Lord of the angel armies, all the armies of heaven, 
He's the one who's with us. The Lord who sits enthroned in the divine council. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The almighty, transcendent king of all creation is the same God who wrestled with Jacob, who gets down into our circumstances and allows us to pray and wrestle and seek and cling to him. So, Lord, we say that you are God over all turmoil. You are God over your holy city and our city. And you are God over all nations. And we are still before you. And church, let's ask him, how will you show yourself strong in all this? What are you doing? How do we get to partner with you in this moment? Thank you for your word, Lord. So we're going to take communion together. So if you want to grab whatever you've got. Before we do that, I just I have these persistent images in my mind of Christians who've gone through rough times and I can't shake it. Whether it's Christians in Iran right now with their lives on the line or it was Chinese believers beginning about 35 years ago when revival began to break out in China. They would meet in the middle of the night to have communion and sometimes communion was water and maybe a tiny scrap of something that they were sharing together. The Christians in Russia under Lenin and Stalin, they met secretly. Their priests and preachers were kidnapped and murdered and people were thrown into prisons and gulags and so friends, the Lord prevails. And you know what happened in each of those circumstances? whether it's Iran or China or Russia, revival broke out. And it was like the boot of oppression, the enemy bringing all that he could, and the church mushroomed, and the church would thrive. And so as we take communion together, that we're connected with this kind of history and people all over the earth as we celebrate the body and blood of the Lord Jesus. Nothing can stop him. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 26, if you want to look at it. I'll read it, and then we're actually going to take communion together in a minute, but I think you're going to play a, another song, right? So 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 26, a verse that we typically read with the Lord's Supper. The Apostle Paul says this, For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, 
that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So Lord, we've feasted on your word. We feast on you, who you are. We celebrate you, your life, your death, your resurrection. We remember you.